0: hi and welcome to the circle of film podcast i'm ryan and join me as we step into i lost my body in today's review episode really that before i get into today's episode um i talk i mention uh FML a handful of times I also mention other podcasts that I listen to uh, Occasionally Uh, One I don't think I've brought up before Is the FML Podcast Which uh, isn't If if you're concerned that It is a Very hyper intensive -intensive About numbers and and, Strategies of FML It's not, it's very much uh, a, a A very General movie-type podcast that happens to have a section of it uh, devoted to a little bit of FML talk, and the people that host it uh, are all, you know, recognizable FMLers in their own right. They do, every year, uh, an awards draft, and there are a couple of websites that have a similar thing uh, that uh, that I've used in the past, and, you know, they don't, I don't know if I've ever found something that's perfect, perfect uh, in this sense, but what it what it en- ends up being, uh, kind of like f- uh, f- fantasy football or something, you draft movies, and then you get points if those movies get nominated for a Golden Globe, for an Oscar, or for a Razzie. And then you get further points if those movies win said nomination, nominated category at the Oscars, Globes, or Razzies. And you know whoever's team has the most points wins you know very straightforward it's a one-time thing set it forget it uh well I was fortunate enough to be invited to, to do their podcasts awards draft this year uh and it was a lot of fun uh I'll be honest I didn't talk very much and it's a small portion of the whole episode that was released for this week uh Partly because I'm still sick, if you can't tell, and my voice is not fully recovered just yet, but it's it's getting there. It's improving slowly, steadily. Uh, so I'm there. I did my draft, and uh, I'm pretty happy about it. All things considered. Um, let me see. I can pull up my picks, and uh, so I, I was the fourth pick in the draft. There were five of us. Uh, The four main hosts and myself. I got Little Women, 1917, uh, The Farewell, Knives Out, Waves, Uncut Gems, The Hustle, and Us. That is my roster. And uh, I feel pretty good about it. And I'm I'm hoping that, I think what, the Golden Globe nominations are on Monday, I believe. Hopefully that can be a great start to... Uh, my awards draft season. Anyway, uh, that's just a little, I guess it's a plug for that podcast. And if you have the inclination, feel free to check them out. Uh, no pressure. But today's episode is all about I Lost My Body. Uh, this is a an animated film, French film on Netflix. And I probably wouldn't be talking about it if it hadn't just won Best Animated Feature at the New York Film Critics Circle. I watched it yesterday, and I don't know if it would... I don't think it's going to win. You know, it's not going to be my favorite animated film of the year, but it is certainly an interesting one, and uh, a very inspired film in a year where most of the big contenders are Toy Story, Frozen, How to Train Your Dragon, and things like that. So... With its kind of kind of its profile growing due to winning uh, New York Film Critics, uh, I thought it'd be worth uh, talking about, and and hopefully, it, you know, given how widely accessible it should be, being on Letterboxed, uh, getting more people to check it out if they have the inclination. So, uh, I Lost My Body is directed by Jeremy Clapine and stars the voice talents of Hakim Ferris, Victoire Dubois and Patrick, oh boy, uh, Dasumkow, maybe. Uh, If you watch the English dub, uh, the male, the main character is voiced by Dev Patel, and the main female character is voiced by Alia Shawkat. Alia Shawkat. And uh, the bulk of the film is devoted to Naufel and Gabrielle, who are the two main characters, and this sort of romance, um, flirtatious relationship that the two of them have. And there's this secondary aspect of the movie, which fits more closely with the title, I Lost My Body, where we see a severed hand escape from a laboratory and kind of just wander. uh, Wander through the city, through the woods, through... Many, very, many, many locations. And so the film is kind of broken up with, you know a scene or two of Nafel and and Gabrielle, and a scene with the hand and a couple of scenes back with Nafel and then back to the hand and then back and forth and back and forth. i was re- I was really worried because when you when you structure a film like this, ultimately these two paths converge uh, in one way, shape, or form. And some films do this brilliantly. Uh, and some not so great. And it's it's kind of a, a crapshoot w- whether or not it is successful. Uh, the uh, the one I'm thinking of, if I can find it, is Crimes and Misdemeanors, I think. Yes, uh, Crimes and Misdemeanors, the Woody Allen film, is a very good... Very good example of of this structure. You have Woody Allen's character uh, on one route, and you have Martin Landau's character on another, and they meet once in the whole film. They share one scene together. It's a small conversation, but it, it just it's so illuminating in the context of everything that's come before it. And so that you know, when you're kind of setting this up, eventually the paths must converge, and uh, you have to see it has to be satisfactory. It has to be rewarding. It has to be sufficient given what's coming and what it means for these two parts to combine. And I don't, I wasn't wowed by it. It it was definitely, um, I guess it it mattered. You know, it, it, it hit me kind of, of I wasn't exactly aware of what was happening that, that this was like, you know, it, it surprised me uh, how they combined the two story, two sides of this movie, and I liked the way they did it. Uh, I don't, I wasn't over the moon about it. I didn't love it, but I, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, but I think, for me, the story around Nafal and Gabrielle is far more interesting than every scene with the hand, even after you figure out why we're seeing those scenes in the first place. You know, I love the relationship between Nafel and Gabrielle. It's not conventional. It's not cinematic in the way that most romantic films portray a coupling of any kind. Uh, which I really appreciated. You know, these are two young people. Uh, I don't think we get ages really, but they look to be in like their very early 20s. <clears throat> and they're both dealing with various backstory, past issues and, and problems, and their coupling, you know, them coming together and, and becoming acquainted is a little unorthodox. Uh, at the start of the film, Nefel is a pizza delivery boy delivering pizza to a woman in like the 35th floor of a building, of an apartment building, uh, which turns out to be Gabrielle, and he can't get into get through the lobby because the door is stuck uh he's like 40 minutes late with the pizza it looks like trash it's raining outside so he can't leave on his bike which he took to get there and they ended up having this you know interesting this, this kind of cute conversation through the intercom while he's kind of sitting down there in the lobby or in the uh room like the room before the lobby that he's kind of stuck in and He becomes taken, you know, with her and the way she talks. And we never see that conversation from her side. We only see him. You know, we don't know what she looks like this whole time the conversation is happening. Uh, You know, but, but the dialogue is so well crafted that you can feel the growing importance that each person is kind of placing on the conversation. It's not just, oh, you're late with my pizza. I get it for free. That's it. There's, you know, like, oh, you know, well, what are you doing? Are you eating my pizza? Uh, you know, 35 floors up must be so high. You know, I can't even see that high. You know, the, the dialogue does such a good job of, of grounding these characters in a place that makes them more relatable, makes them uh, more i don't know entices the viewer to them and and their plight and predicament and relationship and and feelings and once you get through that scene and you kind of and we start to start to branch out into the rest of the film and you know eventually the two characters meet and um other aspects of their life are are elevated it's you know it it really does come to show this beautiful story that i despite how much i, I was kind of on the fence and I, again I, I liked it I, but i was still iffy about the joint joining of the the, sing, the 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 dismembered hand and the the pair I still, I really like the ending beyond that. I think what follows is is really fascinating and, and really uh, compelling to have a story like this. And, you know, boy meets girl, you know, they start dating a hundred times, thousand times. It's in, you know, half of the movies today have this storyline in it. But the way that this one resolves is specific to these characters and I, I think that is what makes it so fantastic and that's what makes it so enjoyable and rewarding and satisfying when you get to the end and you and you have gone through uh, all these trials and ordeals with them you feel closer to them and you know what it means when you know the ending happens and these these decisions are being made for these characters, and by these characters even. Uh, so, I I really like it. I again I don't think it's necessarily you know the best thing uh, as far as in the animated world of this year. But having it as an option alongside you know the the you know hundred million dollar grossing films that have already come out this year is is a really good thing. You know, we don't get enough uh, films like this breaking into the mainstream and and the fact that this is on Netflix is really a good thing. And hopefully that means more people will see it and means that it'll you know, enter the I don't know enter, enter the conversation a little more. And I think you know, thankfully, it should it should you know thanks to new york new york you know making a point to single it out and um yeah there are a couple other elements to the movie uh some symbols um you know in the opening credits uh you know the first scene of the movie is the hand you know we see the hand And it's not, I don't want to say too much uh, and give anything away, but I don't know. It it felt very, it it very much telegraphs things that are coming. Um, And I don't, there's, there's not necessarily anything wrong with that. It doesn't take anything away. But I think it does depreciate a little bit of the value of the storyline for The Hand and, and and the many scenes we see with The Hand. Because, you know, you get this, this backstory, or not really backstory, but you get this flash forward of a sense. Uh, and now you're looking at it from a perspective where, okay, I know... How X is going to resolve. I know I know how this part of the story is going to end up. And that m- makes me question why we even care about it at all. Uh, because it is such an inconsequential portion of the movie. Uh, you know, I wish... I kind of wish it wasn't there. I kind of do. But I don't know. I don't know. It, it might completely change everything if it isn't you know maybe it's i don't know i kind of i really don't i really wish that part wasn't there um and so that that kind of takes it takes a little bit away from it for me as well so all that said i like i lost my body it tells an interesting story about an interesting couple of characters and the scenes with the hand are kind of are generally funny you know it's just this hand trying to survive and move around and it defies physics the way it moves and how it operates other than the fact that it's a disembodied hand and but the animation is very pretty you know it's mostly hand-drawn um Yeah. I recommend it. I recommend it. It might need a second watch. It is very short. It's only it's a little less than 80 minutes long, so it's it's very short. Uh yeah. I lost my body is on Netflix. I recommend it. I think it's good. Maybe even maybe even better than I'm making it out to be. Uh, A lot of people I've seen reviews from uh, are big fans of it, and uh, I'm I'm adding myself to that list. So that's kind of it, though. Uh, Shorter episode today. Uh, Hopefully, it is Friday. I'm recording this on Friday. Next episode is Monday. Um, As far as I'm aware, that should be the top 10 movies, new movies that I saw in November episode, uh, where... I will talk about some of the movies that I've kind of skipped over doing review episodes for knowing that they would make it onto this list. uh, uh, Just so, you know, I wasn't being too repetitive. Uh, Hopefully by then uh, my voice will have recovered a little bit more. So that's it for today's episode. I want to thank you for listening. Hopefully you will, if you haven't check out, I lost my body and uh, give it a watch uh if you would like to find more episodes go to itunes stitcher places where podcasts can be found you can also find me on circleoffilm.com the website has all the old episodes and, and other things as well you can find me on twitter at circle of film. you can head over to letterboxd at circle of film or email circleoffilm at gmail.com you can support the show like it rate it review subscribe to it or tell somebody or just listen and if you are so inclined, you can become a patron at patreon.com slash For as little as eight cents an episode, you can get early access to all the episodes uh, that come out early. And there are other fun things to find as well. Uh, thank you for listening. And as always, have a week. So long, farewell, I'll be the same good night. I know she'll never leave me. Even as she fades from view So long, farewell, I'll be to say adieu Nothing's really left or lost without a trace Nothing's gone forever, only out of place So long, farewell, oh revoir, I'll be to say Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute so long,